0: The dawn of civilization, primitive, <laughs> dangerous, <laughs> exciting, the handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs... The most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Ah, look come out of his cave.
1: Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. This is James from Cave Dweller Music. I am joined by my co-host Brendan and uh, today we have Tim and Josh from Praxis More Butchering who have recently rebranded as Paroxysmal. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming
2: on. Great to have you.
3: Thank you guys very much. Yeah, thank you very much.
2: Glad to be on here.
1: Do you want to maybe just tell people a little bit about what you do in the band and sort of what the band's about if they don't
3: know your music? Absolutely. Uh, My name is Tim. I am the vocalist. I write the guitars and I program the drums. And I've started actually uh, writing the bass for some of the material. And uh, we play brutal death metal mostly. We incorporate a lot of different styles into it, but for you know uh, saving time, we play brutal death metal. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, Josh, you want to jump in or?
2: Yeah, sure. So um, Tim had the band since like 2007. Um, it was mostly just him until like 2011. That's when um, he met up with me, and I joined the band. Well. Actually he met up with me to record with me first. And I was like, you know what, this is pretty sick. Um, I have a drummer if you want to start like a full band. And he was like, Hell yeah. So yeah, we've been at it ever since. Uh so I, awesome. I play I play guitar, um, and I do the I do the producing.
1: Nice. Nice. Yep. Just a yeah. quick question about your actual location. So it's listed as North County. Are you spread out kind of between the towns in North County? Or are you based in like Oceanside, Carlsbad, whereabouts are you actually uh, all based?
3: Right now, it's Fallbrook and Vista, right?
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Fallbrook, Vista. I do Um, San Marcos. (laughs) Like,
3: uh, that's that's
2: where we have. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's where I have my studio. (laughs) Oh, nice. Oh, you have a studio as well. That's awesome. Yeah, kind of. It's just my parents' garage. I call it a studio.
0: (laughs) Okay.
2: It Is works. that just uh just for the band stuff? Are you helping other people out as well? Or no, actually, I I have been recording a lot more bands there. Um recently. Um, I've recorded quite a few bands in that in that room. And um yeah, people like it. People like what I do and they keep coming back to me. That's awesome. I feel like you kind of underplayed the whole thing with the parents garage then. <laughs> 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 Well, uh, it, you know, I've, I have like 20 years of, of uh, recording um, under my belt. So nice. I, I don't know. I feel like I've, I've been around.
0: Oh, yeah. I and mean, people wouldn't do it if it sucked. No, that's... I can, <laughs> I can tell you as somebody who,
3: who doesn't really have the best ear for, uh, you know, sound quality hearing the development of PB's sound from our first album to our fourth album, it's like, wow, Josh is fucking killing it doing this. Mm -hmm. I'm
1: trying. (laughs) It definitely shows. Um, uh, You're right. You can definitely hear the difference between the early stuff and the newer stuff, for sure.
2: Thank Mm -hmm. you very much.
1: Of course. And then uh, we kind of wanted to ask about that. Brendan, I know you had some questions about the the evolution of the sound between the
0: the earlier albums and the later albums. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I... what was the catalyst from you know like stuff like you know the Human Smasher and you know Supreme Love Revolution to uh, El Um, like that 2019 album? Everything just seemed to get like more intense and technical and like longer and yeah. Uh,
3: when when we did Supreme Revolution, it was basically just I had written songs over like a a couple year period. And I couldn't find any bandmates, so I said, you know what, I'm just going to record everything that I have, and that'll be my contribution to death metal. And that became Supreme Revulsion, right? And that's when Josh joined. And so I was like, oh, wow, so we can keep doing this. So then when I wrote Human Smasher, you could kind of hear the change. The first, like, seven to eight songs sound like Supreme Revulsion, and then after that, the sound kind of changes and gets a little more experimental, and that led into the Amygdala sound where like it was really exploring the soundscapes that were being created. It wasn't just trying to write heavy music anymore. It was trying to write interesting music, you know?
0: Right. And, right. and that's what right. you
3: see with the fourth album is just more of that.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's great. Like, you know, you went from like three, like three minute long songs to like, to, you know, six minute long, seven minute long songs. Like it's really, it's awesome. <laughs> it's really good. Oh, yeah, thank you very much.
2: <laughs> yeah, especially with his latest album, every song is like a journey. And uh, yeah. you, you get to the final song, and that's like our longest song. That song is fucking epic, and I can't wait for people to hear it. Hell yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we can't wait either. What's up? We can't wait to hear it either. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of interesting because it's, it seems to be sort of like a, a trend the last few years. There's a lot of uh, bands that started as Death Grind or Grindcore, Straight Up Grindcore, who have become... Really, boundary pushing, um, genre blurring, experimental stuff. So, it's just interesting to see a lot of innovation in that grind sector where it used to be so straight cut.
2: Yeah, for sure. And like, a good example of that is cattle decapitation. You know, when they first started yeah. out, they had songs that were like you know thirty seconds long and just straight up grindcore. And now, now look at them; they're like this epic band, and they just like touch on everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: And they've become so accessible as well. Like that's the thing. Like. Before that was such fringe music, and now they're one of the
2: biggest bands in extreme metal. Yeah, for sure, it's it's crazy, and you know, makes us kind of proud that they're from San Diego. <laughs> yeah, they never oh, seem yeah. to play here, though. I noticed. Like,
1: I, I've been here a couple of years, and I haven't really seen any shows from them. Have yeah, we played, played
3: recently? We, we played a couple times with them out here, but I think it's one of those things. It's like slayer with la where it's like if they can play somewhere else they'd rather play where they haven't played a million times you know right
1: right (laughs)
2: yeah Yeah.
1: it it may be more me though maybe it's the fact that they don't have to push it as much because it's kind of known locally so i don't see like that you know advertising for it so maybe i just miss it every time um because i feel the same way about author and punisher i'm finally seeing him next month and i've been trying to see him for like two years and he's san diego based
3: huh
2: I've heard that name before. Um, I don't remember where though.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah. Oh, Adam.
2: yeah. Oh. Okay. I know. Yeah.
1: I he's one like of it's the uh, he's one of the big up and comers right now. I and mean, he's been up and coming for a while, but the last album of his like really did well. Um, like I saw basically like every review site giving it like super high praise. So yeah, it's kind of That's broken badass. through now. Yeah. What kind he's of industrial like, is it? Invented it's... his
0: own like sound machine kind of thing to yeah like...
1: that's the thing he's an engineer so he built his own equipment it's the sort of like buyer side of industrial so it's not like the uh, ebm stuff it's more of like the um harsh like a lot of like feedback and noise and stuff uh harsh vocals um oh, i love that shit. me too but the latest album he actually went with like a, a space theme and it was like uh about exploring another planet and he went to like a, a kind of different sound to his other stuff so d-
2: yeah check it out and see what you think it's all it's all good it's all different though That's that sounds fucking sick, Mm. especially like when a bands (laughs) go into the space theme. (laughs)
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, I
2: love that too. (laughs) I'm telling Tim right now because Tim has all this music written. He has like albums and albums just written and just waiting to record. Right. Well, Mm. so we're done with our fourth album. The next one's, um, we're about to start recording, but the the sixth album. Sounds pretty out there, and I keep telling Tim, "This sounds like paroxysmal in space." Like this is, like, <laughs> yeah, like it sounds like fucking futuristic. That's <laughs> awesome. <I> was, yeah. <laughs> We're probably a couple years away from releasing that, but yeah, that's like I was listening to that shit at work today, just like the guitar profiles, and I'm like, man, this is sick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome.
2: Yeah.
1: You guys kind of have like the next few years mapped out, then I guess, with uh, oh, album yeah, releases.
3: Oh, yeah, uh, paroxysmal five Antoine de mela is is a lot more death grind, it goes back to the supreme revulsion sound. It's like if Force Feeder and supreme revulsion created an album, it's got the kind of technical prowess of Force Feeder, but it's a lot more like beat you over the head, like supreme revulsion. Mm-hmm. Nice that's awesome and then the the sixth album that josh was talking about uh lifeless origins that's that's uh the paroxysmal in space that's like our tech (laughs) album (laughs) yeah you could always go with that title
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) or like uh a tagline whatever whatever you call that shit
3: yeah yeah
2: (laughs) so
1: i guess obviously you've changed the sound but who sort of inspired the, the new direction? Like what bands were you kind of drawing inspiration from for, for that, uh, that the new direction?
3: You know, it, I don't listen to a lot of death metal for my inspiration. Oddly enough, Interesting. Uh, the last two albums, I was listening to a lot, a lot of Wengo Bwengo. <laughs> really? <laughs> awesome. And, uh, I think it, it opened up my mind musically where I wasn't so held within a rigid structure saying, this is what the music's supposed to sound like. Mm -hmm. It's like Boingo Boingo has that ability to make circus music sound cool. You know, it's like, it's, it's the more you listen to that band, you're like, man, these guys are serious musicians. And I got really, really into it. And it just really influenced the writing of Amygdala and then subsequently Force Feeder.
1: How weird is it, by the way, on the topic of Oingo Boingo that Danny Elfman became like what he is to the film industry out of Boingo Boingo? He,
3: you know, he that was because of Tim Burton. I was watching I the, the master class with Danny Elfman, and he said that Tim Burton's people contacted Danny Elfman's people and said, "Hey, like we want you to score this movie about Pee Wee Herman." And he's like, "I don't know, scored a movie? What are you talking about?" And that kickstarted his career. Interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I I remember seeing it because uh have you seen that that series on Netflix about like the making of movies, like the behind the scenes thing about how they almost didn't happen type thing? It's I, I try to remember what's called. There's like a there's a horror version of it. There's a regular like action movie. There's a like a Christmas version, and they do like they look at different movies and tell the backstory about how they got created, and like so many of those movies that are like iconic classics were almost not made for so like just a myriad of bizarre reasons, but um. <laughs> The Night Before Christmas was one of the ones that like they had about 15 different points where it didn't happen. Um and uh Danny Elfman coming on as like the soundtrack person was like a big part of the, the change up that actually made it end up happening. Um <laughs> so ba- basically the same time as he was making night before Christmas, he got Tim Burton got brought on to do Batman. I can't remember which one. I think it might be um is it Returns? Batman Returns, I want to say right. uh one of those nineties ones. Yeah, I think that came out like, 93 around the same time. And he just ditched his whole team with ninety-four Before Christmas and goes, you guys got this. And then it's when he made Batman. Um, <laughs> and all he'd done was, like, basically, like, a really rough outline of the concept of the movie. Um, and, and that was it. And then he basically, like, brought Danny Elfman on and said, you write the music. So Danny Elfman made the music before the actual movie was made. And then they made the movie around Danny Elfman's songs from, from memory. Yeah,
3: yeah there was, he was saying that, like... That Tim Burton was like, oh, and uh, and here uh, stuff happens, and stuff yeah. happens. Here. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. He, he literally is like, here's some rough ideas. Make a movie for me, and then they like, he just came back from Batman. He's like, is it done? They're like, yeah, it's done. He's like, sweet. And then he slapped his name on it, and it became <laughs> not Before Christmas.
2: <laughs> God damn, that's crazy, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to be able to do that, just like you know, give give a an artist like a theme. And they'll just like fucking go along with it and create something yeah. that'll match it. It's insane.
0: It exactly. Did a good job.
2: They did. The the
1: ultimate iteration that we ended up seeing, they they scrapped it like multiple times from memory, and then like they end up the final form becoming what it was in the end. And they were really not sure if it was gonna flop
2: or not because it was so out there at the time. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I remember uh I remember I wanted to see that movie so bad, and my dad took me when I was a kid. Um Everyone was like, I remember the people in the box office were telling my dad, oh, my God, it's so boring and all this stuff. And I was like, what? And anyway, we saw the movie. I fucking loved it. My dad hated it. He fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, loved it, dude. too. That, that I was dude, one of Nike my
1: favorites so. as a kid. And uh, yeah, uh just the yeah. sheer technical aspect of making that
2: stop motion is like insanity. I know, dude. That's I, tedious. Yeah. You got to have a lot of patience for that shit. Mm hmm.
1: Have you guys um, heard of the movie Mad God? Mm -mm. It's a stop motion movie that took 20 years to make, um, 30 even. And it was made by the dude who did all the uh, stop motion effects for Star Wars and Jurassic Park. Um, And uh, he made this like absolute like hellscape nightmare fuel uh, stop motion movie about this guy's descent into hell. And uh, it's just batshit Um, crazy. Is it a good movie at least? (laughs) Yeah, it's it is good. It's it's like super unsettling in a lot of parts. Um, it's like there isn't really much of a storyline, you're mostly just watching it for the insane visuals. Um, yeah, but it's a wild ride. Came <laughs> out last June, I did. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, finally finished it after like decades of making it. There's
2: a couple movies like that, huh? Like, I think Val Kilmer made a documentary that was like took like 20 no. years to make, right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> what yeah. was it about?
2: I don't know, I haven't seen it.
0: <laughs> it's about himself I, I think yeah a day in the life I <laughs> haven't seen it either but I assume that's what it is
1: oh yeah there you go it's, called, it's just called Val and it came yeah. out in 2021 and it came out on Netflix
0: I always huh. remember like it's like the salt and sea and stuff like that it was a good movie I remember him as Batman yeah Batman's kid yeah.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm dude I had a weird ass dream one time that Val Kilmer lived in my house and <laughs> and he was he was in charge of telling people which restroom they could use. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, funny. I think what that was, was one of the best dreams I ever had. That's, that's, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> what uh what was the one who was a spy and He was like stealing like the plans for some kind of like top secret. Fuel.
1: That dude's been around for a long time. Again, if you have to go back to quite a list. Yeah, he was in Heat.
0: Yeah.
2: That movie Heat. That's a badass movie.
0: He was great. That he meant forever. came the, the Saint. Oh yeah, The Saint. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. <clears throat> that was a good one.
2: I think I was ten when that came out, and I was when I saw it. I didn't really know what was
0: going on. <laughs> yeah, I was in like seventh grade. Ben. So I
1: had a specific question for, for uh, North County people. Are you guys yeah. stoked that uh, you have a Dutch Bros and no one else in San Diego does?
3: Uh, I haven't this? been there yet, but uh, yeah, it's right by my boss's house. So he said he's going to bring me some.
1: <laughs> it's good, by the way. I, uh, I used to live in Oregon. It's so actually an Oregon company. And uh, this is the first store in this whole area in like uh, the whole of Southern California, I think. Definitely yeah. check it out. If you guys, I don't know if you guys drink energy drinks or anything, but they have a thing called Rebels and they are like absolutely awesome. They're like a energy drink mixed with a bunch of other stuff and
2: they're like delicious. Ooh. That sounds crazy. So it's like a coffee shop and they just specialize in crazy drinks like that?
1: Well, yeah, it's a coffee shop and like Starbucks type thing, but they have a bunch of other stuff too. So they do like Uh, a bunch of like they do smoothies they've got like engineering mixtures they've got a bunch of stuff um and it's all like phenomenal the coffee
2: is like really friggin' good too what about pastries
1: they do have some pastries they have really good um muffin tops oh hell yeah yeah that's my the only thing that you have to be cautious of is that their business model is that their staff are like aggressively friendly and happy that's the whole thing Um, so if you're in a bad mood it's, it's not the the best place to go for food because they would be like, hey, how are you? How's your day going? Oh my god! I'm like, oh dude, it's like
2: six a.m. I need like, coffee. oh my god! You know what
1: I appreciate? It, like, are you
0: mocking me?
2: <laughs> I know, I know, dude. That's how I feel <laughs> when I go to these places and they're like overly like like fake ener- energetic, you know? And I'm like, yeah, just if you if you treated me like shit, I would feel better.
0: <laughs> it's like, yeah. can you just shh? Man.
3: one time uh back in 2013 we were on tour and we were out in vegas and it was just a horrible experience (laughs) and this lady matched my energy so hard i was going nuts i wanted to order this thing called a sandwich it was just a breakfast sandwich i'd gotten it every morning that we were there and we had these free vouchers from the hotel because something had happened and it was like free breakfast on us you know and so I go over and I order my sandwich and she says she's just kind of being like belligerent. So I'm being belligerent back to her and my, and our drummer Nacho Josh can attest to this is a very like even kill guy. He's like, he's not a, uh, he's not going to, you know, rattle the cage, you know? Yeah. And, and so he's trying to like maintain good vibes and, and me and this lady are getting into it. And so after all this noise, I hand her my slip for this, the sandwich, and she goes, these are no good here. And I'm like, oh my God. So I'm like, fine. Just give me the sandwich. It's after 10. We're not serving it anymore. What? I wanted to blow up on this woman. I was, like, flipping out. Not just, like, Tim, go sit down. Go sit down now. <laughs> <And> so... <laughs> he uses his nacho charm and gets the sandwich, but I was just fuming. So it doesn't always work when people are genuine with you. Cause sometimes it just makes you even matter.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: There's like, a, there's a fine balance between like being real and being awful. As a customer exactly. service person. But <laughs> being
0: really awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, it's like when I, when I used to work in customer service in college, obviously all that stuff. And like, you know, when you ask people, like, how's your day going? And they give you an honest answer. And you're like, I really don't want that. Like, I know. <laughs> so, you're like, how's your day? like, yeah, not, not good. And I'm like, just say fine. Like, ev- everyone else says fine. Even if you're having the worst day ever. Like, I would never tell a customer service person about my problems. I'd just be like, yeah, that's, you know, it's not bad. I could be, like, diagnosed with cancer that morning. I'd still be like, yeah, my day's fine.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are languages that have developed ways around this problem that English seems to suffer with, which is like the, the plague of small talk. You look at like Mandarin and you say, ni hao, and it's like, hi, how are you? You say, mm-hmm. ni hao ma, and it's like, hi, how are you? And if you say, ni hao ma, you're you're telling them like, hey, go ahead and talk to me. But if you're saying ni hao, it's like, yeah, just say hi to me and keep walking.
2: <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I used to work in customer service as well. Um, I worked like 10 years at the movie theater. Dude, I got so many crazy stories from working there. It's insane <laughs> kind of shit that happens at a movie theater, man.
1: I believe it. I've, I've seen some crazy. Sh- I, I've been at a multiple different theaters where police have been brought in
2: during the movie and removed people and stuff. So, yeah. Oh, my God. I was probably. <laughs> that sounds very familiar. <laughs> you were probably in my theater when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we had to kick out this guy um, for whatever reason. It was like during the Casino Royale movie. He was flipping out for no reason, just like kept yelling and cursing and stuff. And uh, customers were complaining about him, so I tried to kick him out, and he just wasn't having it. He kept calling us a bunch of Nazis and all this stuff, and then so we called the cops on him, and they actually we had we had to turn off the movie, Oh, and oh. and we had a the, the cops. Were trying to get him out of there but he was like re- like refusing to leave and um they got to the point where the cop he he busted out his taser what, and and he pointed it at the guy and he's like you're gonna get shot so the guy like right away he got to got on the got on the floor and uh yeah they took him out of there from there but
0: dude aye, aye. yeah, yeah kind of do. stuff I, I've like, seen.
1: I, I don't get some people that go to movies and literally just talk through the whole thing or like like why why are you even there? Go literally anywhere else and do that in the
2: entire world. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: No, it's it's there are those people out there that literally exist just to make things harder for other people. Like I I worked customer service long enough to see it happen where I mean, I watched <laughs> there was a girl, Crystal, at when I worked at Target when I was younger, and uh she had a guy treating her nice and polite, orders his food. From the little food avenue area, and then he walks over to the area where the soda is, makes a huge mess, looks her in the face, and goes, You're a woman, clean this up, and walks out. Ooh. Wow, god damn, for no reason. He was being so polite the entire time, and then just walked over and oh. destroyed like the condiment area. <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow, dude, the well, what, but, what was that? I, I don't know, it's some, it's a whole some men want to watch the world burn thing. Exactly.
3: Um, it's just some people are just
1: naturally rotten people. I went to Target but during college, as many people do, and the, the two funniest experiences I had, one was uh this dude came up to the, the aisle, like the checkout with a bunch of DVDs. I scanned them through. I was like, that'll be 45, 60, whatever. And he said, no, it won't. And I said, yes, it will. I said, no, it won't. And then he just grabbed the bag and ran out of the store. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <what>? Oh man! <laughs> and, uh, the other one was this person filled up a shopping cart with Easter eggs um just after Easter. And uh I don't know why, right. but they thought like it was like one Easter egg was on sale in their whole shelf, and they took the whole shelf. They thought the whole shelf was on sale, and I told them it wasn't. Instead of like arguing, didn't say a word, just flipped the cart on its side and smashed every single one of the eggs cool. <laughs> and then try to walk out. Full security came and grabbed them. I was like, they they just looked me dead in the eyes and just smashed this cart full of stuff and in in silence just walked out of the shop.
2: Yeah. Crazy stuff happens everywhere.
3: How do we get off on this topic? I have no idea.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
1: Brendan, do you want to bring Uh, it back home?
0: (laughs) uh, Yeah. Well, where where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Yeah. Where on earth can she be? you guys
2: um, you guys from san diego? no nah,
0: uh, i'm in uh i'm outside of hartford connecticut okay okay so you're I, close
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm in uh Kearney mesa
2: oh okay awesome not far from you guys yeah yeah about 30 minutes
1: <laughs> yeah as far as music goes anything come out this year that you guys are appreciating
3: oh yeah what uh oh my god what is it josh you go ahead i got to remember the name of this album
2: you know what um this year i've been working on so much music i haven't had a chance to actually like sit down and enjoy music so i haven't really been listening to much of anything really like most of my free time is just like recovering my ears
3: (laughs) it's on you tim (laughs) what was the name of that album that you guys sent me it's the uh it was a band from switzerland
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um colony. no, no, that that's uh that they're from Germany. Um it was god, it's going running this week on our site, the review right for it. Um anachronism. Yes. Yeah, that is that very band good. is amazing. Yes.
3: That band's really good, and then uh on Saturday we played with uh Ethereus and uh, the hollowed catharsis along with Last of Lucy, but the hollow catharsis, those guys are something else, they are insane.
1: Yeah, is I it agree. um, the hollow catharsis or a hell of catharsis?
3: Hollowed catharsis, hollow,
2: okay, okay, cool. I'll check them out. I've never heard of
3: them. They're from Canada, they're amazing. <laughs> nice,
2: yeah, their stage show is like something else. There was so so a they were playing down here just on a tour or something, or yeah. Yeah, there's nice. so much energy. These guys have so much energy. It's like have you ever seen Origin Live? I haven't. It's unfortunate that I haven't. Yeah, they're super haven't. energetic. Uh, I feel like Hallowed Cartharsis was had more energy. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, there. That was that's that's a band. That in the next probably five years, you're gonna see a lot more of. Yeah, oh, I, really? I
2: definitely, I definitely feel like it.
3: Yeah. Look them up right now.
2: Uh, last year, though, um, there were some releases that really caught my attention. Uh, one of my favorites was the new Soulfly. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I've been a fan of Soulfly ever since like their new metal days. See, I was for
1: a really long time. Um, that I actually listened to everything they ever put out and up until... Uh, what was the album? I, I need to get, check that out, because I lost as well as bands, I just kind of lost interest, and I stopped checking out their new stuff, but... Omen, right, right up until Omen, I listened to everything oh, that yeah. out. Oh yeah,
2: that was that was pretty good too.
1: It was. was I like that
2: one. I actually, I saw Soulfly last year live. Um, it's crazy because I was at a a Modest Mouse show. Nice. I like I like all that. I like all that yeah. shit, right? I love it too. Modest Mouse is great. Yeah, so I was you know- I was at the Modest Mouse. <laughs> Sorry, Tim, what are you gonna say?
0: Oh no, I was I was gonna say I I saw Modest Mouse live and I thought it was the oddest experience.
2: <laughs> when did you see them
0: it was um, at some weird like college um, uh, probably like I can't remember how long ago I want to say like maybe like 2015 or so I-, I can't remember yeah Um, but like they just broke down and set up every fucking song what so it wasn't like continuous music the entire time and I'm just like so confused I'm like Dude, how the, what's the, I don't know. Was, I'd, rather, I'd rather listen to him on a CD. Yeah, that's how way, I felt
1: too. Um is actually playing here in San Diego on March 31st for 27 bucks.
2: Oh, God damn. I need to go there. Um, is that uh, Bailey Up? Oh, hell yeah. That's a good venue too. It is. I like Bailey Up. But yeah, I'm um, sorry. <laughs> Going back to my Modest Mouth story. I was, yeah, yeah. At the, I was at the Modest Mouse show. Uh, me and my wife were there. And uh, that, the same night, Soulfly was playing at the Brick by Brick in San Diego. And I just, like, I was just keeping an eye on the time. I was like, we could probably, like, leave Mid-Set. Uh, leave Modest Mouse's uh, set halfway through and go check out Soulfly. And I was like, we're kind of up in the air about it. And I was like, I don't know. Should we? Should we not? And then halfway through, like, I don't know. This Modest Mouse, they just weren't doing it for us live. So <laughs> I was like, let's fucking get out of here. We... Went to the Soulfly show, got in, and right away, dude, I started moshing. Like, <laughs> they, I think they played, uh, fuck, I think, I, I'm i pretty sure they even played Sepultura's uh, Roots, Bloody Roots. Nice. And, I, and yeah, everyone was losing their shit, dude, and I definitely moshed to that. I was like, yeah, this is a better show. We
1: yeah. got uh, Brendan and I got really lucky at uh, Maryland Death Fest, and we got to see... Oh, um, yeah. Sip play with both Cavalera brothers. Uh, oh, sick. And they did uh, only their first, like their early stuff. So they did, literally
0: just played, uh, which albums was it? It was... Um, I was going to say, I have the playlist I've made. I set thing on my title. i look it up.
1: It was like, it was two of the classic ones. It was Morbid Visions and Beneath the Remains. I'm like, oh, sorry, Beneath the Remains and Arise, just from those two albums. Yeah.
2: Okay. It was, it was pretty phenomenal. Yeah, me and Tim saw uh, Sepulcher on, like, 2015 or so. That was sick. With Was that Hate with the... Um, like, yeah, with Hate and Belphegor. That was an amazing show. Oh, Hate's awesome. I haven't seen them live, but I'd love to.
3: They were great. Oh, my God. Hate's, like, on another level live. They're so good, and they make it look so effortless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: And it's weird, because, like, like, the singer's voice is so massive, and he's such a small guy. Is he? I haven't actually seen what he looks like. Yeah, he does have a massive voice yeah he
1: was like super skinny he um he, they kind of changed styles as well like their early stuff was like way more straight up death metal and then they kind of went in that like blackened death metal direction um like in the okay. later albums which i i i like both but i think the earlier stuff was like super powerful and like super groovy
2: yeah i i agree i, I like both both too but i i do like the later stuff mm.
1: um brendan i uh just notice the time. Did you have any of those questions you had lined up you wanted to fire off?
0: Um, yeah. So uh, we were talking about food earlier um, and uh, would you rather have your functional decomposition uh, sauteed or fried?
2: What? Functional decomposition? <laughs>
0: yeah. He's that making a lyrics th- of yours.
1: He has <laughs> he has children. It's, it's a dad joke. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um
0: <gasps> I don't
2: know. <laughs> I feel like this is a trick question.
0: It's all good. Um, that was a total flop on a dad joke. It's all good. Um <laughs> the... <laughs> I'll just cut it out and I'll, I'll cut it out afterwards. <laughs> it's all good. Um Julian Pie. Can you tell me about this Julian Pie? I've heard about it's Julian okay. Pie. All right. So Julian Pie.
2: Let me tell you something about that if you go to julian there is a restaurant called julian pie and everyone in julian shits on that restaurant because the apples aren't even from julian (laughs) whereas like the other rest the other pie shops in julian like they're legit and they actually get their apples from where they live but this is more like i don't know it's more of a front than anything and it's it's sad because they're the most popular company and you could find them like at any store here in San Diego, like you could pick up a pie, and I'm not—I'm not gonna lie, they're really good. They're really good, but if you go to to Julian and hit up the other pie shops, um, there's just no comparison.
3: Joshua Alvarado is a muckraking bastard. The Julian Pie Company is delicious. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, I completely agree. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, there's a place actually. If you're coming into Julian, like. What five to ten miles out where we go and there's no line and you get your pie and you leave and it's the same pie and it's delicious oh but is that the you place go into julian,
1: like, it's down the hill uh so you like go the back way out of julian and then you hit that t intersection turn right and there's that pie shop just off exactly. to the right there that place exactly. yes that place is good
3: yeah it's you just go there you get the same pie and it's just Two hours less of your day gone, you know? yeah. Li- the
1: line at the Julian Pie Company's like the actual restaurant you, want, you were talking about is insane,
3: yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. You can spend
3: all day there, it's like a souvenir pie, it's not even like you know, yeah. people just go there to say, I got the pie here, and it's like, yeah, well, go down the street and get it, not stand in line, you
2: know? get it from else.
3: <laughs> get it from <somewhere> else. exactly,
2: <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> what are uh, what are the what are the food things you got
1: we got a, co- a contentious one here so uh, what is the best place to get tacos in san diego
3: ooh what kind of tacos are we talking like street tacos or like birria
1: let's, let's do both
3: ooh yeah i love love birria
1: best, best place for each
3: okay i'm going to say that uh, birria el padrino in oceanside is like on another another level for birria and street tacos you could just close your eyes and throw a rock and hit a good taco place in San Diego it's i i can't think of the best one
2: well like i think the most well recognized taco shop we have here that has legit street tacos and there's always a huge line to to get them is uh, tacos el gordo in in uh, chula vista okay and the the pastor tacos there are are out of this world. Like Ooh. they taste like tacos that you would get down in TJ. Nice. But that that being said, the tacos in TJ are on another level. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. <defend. laughs> I don't know what it is. dude. you just cross the border and everything down there just tastes different? Yeah. And they're like a dollar, well. fi- dollar 50 as well. But I don't know what it is, dude. It's everything down in TJ tastes better. The tacos, you go to any random taco stand and you're going to, you're going to score big time. <laughs>
1: margaritas too you get like a any margarita there's like just phenomenal cost you like three
2: bucks oh really yeah, I'm yeah. A, i i'm a beer drinker but I, I do like margaritas i i discovered margaritas
1: after i moved to san diego because they're substantially better here than a lot of the ones i had anywhere else and then once i had them here i had them in mexico and i was like well now everything else sucks um <laughs> so it, it kind of ruined them for me um that is, like, one of the highlights of Cabo. If anyone's, like, I know it's a tourist trap and stuff, but there's just so many good
2: margarita bars that are dirt cheap. Yeah, I bet. I've never been down there, but I know, like, how how much of a touristy area it is.
1: There's this place we went to where it was, like, I swear it was, like, five bucks, and the margarita was, like, the size of my face. And it had, uh, <laughs> like, four shots in it. God damn. And it was, like, incredible, but also, like, got you very drunk but it was like five bucks and they just they keep pushing them on you because that's like how they make money so they do you want another one would you like another one i'm like dude i've had like 16 shots in like the last two hours can you calm (laughs) calm down i need some water (laughs) yeah Yeah. but there's also like uh tequila tasting places there where they have like a lot of really cool ones i I, i've looked for them since i got back and i can't find them at any of
2: the stores here so (laughs) i don't drink as much as i used to but uh I got a funny ass story. Um, <laughs> I think it was Tim's birthday for when he turned like thirty or something. We went over to Stone Brewery.
3: Oh, the Woot and or whatever. That yeah. Shit? Oh this
2: no. This was like when the Woot Stouts were like kind of brand new, and it's this like super good stout, but it's like fifteen percent alcohol. Ooh, and yeah. Oh yeah. Tim Tim drank like seven of those things, and he was absolutely <laughs> trash. Like the I damage. think. I think that was the last time you were ever drunk.
3: Huh? <laughs> it was one of the last times for sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh,
2: that was a fun night. The server was like, what's
3: up? Oh no, I'm getting too old for this shit. Yeah. The server's like, whoa, guys, I've never seen one table drink so many of these. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he was, like, concerned for us. He <laughs> yeah. kept bringing them. Yeah, it's yeah. like... I blame you. <laughs> right, right.
2: You enabled me. <laughs> do, do you remember, Tim, if I use my Dr. Bronner's discount for that night? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, we had this sweet hookup with Stone Brewery for a while because I work at Dr. Bronner's. It's like this organic soap company, right? And we had a deal I with it every day. Oh, badass! Yeah, we had a deal with Stone Brewery where like, you know, they get half off of our stuff and we get half off to their stuff. So we'd go there and like, I get beers half off. So yeah, that night I, I paid for everything. Everything was like half, it was like 50 bucks or something. And all <laughs> of us had a good time. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, on the taco note, have you guys tried uh that food? Tr- there's a couple of them, but the food trucks, uh, seafood love 57. No, I haven't. It's in uh South park and it's always in the target parking lot. Um, And is probably like, even like, Comparing to TJ and
2: stuff, it's still some of the best seafood tacos I've had. Ooh la la! Have you have you been to the taco festival in San Diego? I haven't. I because I was
1: out of town the last time I had it. But is it is it actually worth going to? Is it good?
2: Okay, so the trick with that is you go really early. Get there okay. super early because once two o'clock comes around, I don't know what it is. People start getting drunk and really stupid, and then the tacos, I mean, tacos start running out. So. <laughs>
1: They run out of yeah. tacos at the taco festival.
2: Yeah. yeah, so get there super early, eat your tacos, and then get out because it gets wild there.
1: <laughs> Good to know.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I'll attend this. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it looks pretty cool. I will see the flyers and stuff. It's like 57 vendors or something like that crazy.
2: Yeah, Man. dude, it's pretty cool. And the tacos, the they're pretty
0: cheap that day. So I remember, I remember I was going to Oakland and... Um, it was like May. It was like San Francisco, right over the bridge. And um, there was like this little like gastro park. It was like like a handful of uh, food trucks. And there was like this little like it was just like a little gated spot just on the corner and like middle of kind of nowhere. And it was like so damn good. <laughs> Dude, it's nothing like a good taco place. Some of the best
1: ones are those guys that let you sit up on the footpath outside bars and stuff. And, like, you're coming out, like, after a couple of drinks, so, like, do you want to talk about for two bucks? Like, hell yeah, I want to talk about for two bucks.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I wish we had more of those here in San Diego. It's more like like an L.A. thing, I feel like. There's a couple (laughs) places in North Park that have that. Yeah, it's it's too bad that they're trying to get rid of them. Are they? Yeah, the street vendors.
0: What's your uh, favorite venue to play live in your city?
2: You know what? Tim, I have your to
0: favorite venue to play live.
2: Till two club, now. <laughs> really?
0: Wow. Yeah, that's
2: that's the shit right there. That's a cool bar. I always like riff that place on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, what about you, Tim?
3: I mean, that was a fun venue. Yeah, like a. Uh, I'm thinking it's probably gonna be. Yeah, I'd probably have to go till two as well at this point.
2: Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, even though we've had some sketchy memories there. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Brendan, that's the one I was talking about that has the tiny, really low stage.
2: Oh, yep, yep. Yeah, the sound of there is really good, even though, like, all all you can really do is mic up the kick drum and the snare. (laughs) But the sound, like, for whatever reason, it's really good in that place. It is.
0: Hell yeah. Yeah. That's what um, anyone that's uh, been out that way um, said the same thing yeah
1: for everyone sure. always says casbah brick by brick and two two or two are the ones that always come up
2: casbah's yeah. really cool i like casbah yeah. a lot
3: i've yeah. never been to casbah and then brick by brick what's his name colin is that the sound guy colin yeah yeah
2: my homie colin
3: yeah oh yeah that guy is he is a sound master he makes bands sound freaking amazing
2: he does mm-hmm.
1: he's very good
3: yes yeah. he is i love i love working with that
2: guy Yeah, we both studied audio engineering at uh, MiraCosta.
0: Well, there you have it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Um, What is your favorite city to play live?
3: Kingman, Arizona. Yeah, definitely. That place will lose its fucking mind for bands at our level, like small bands. You come in there. They want to listen to you. They want to check out your merch. They want to buy your CDs. They want to tell their friends. Like, all the stuff you, as a band, tell someone to do on social media, Kingman, Arizona lives out. They tell all their friends about you. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's it's the coolest freaking place to play. It's like, everyone's your age, but they still have the enthusiasm of teenagers where it's like, oh, man, I want to spread this around. I want to get everyone listening to this. That's awesome. Yeah.
2: Yeah. We first played there in, like, 2012, and, um, dude, everyone was super into our shit, and, like, I don't know, word spread around over there about us, and everyone in Kingman likes us.
3: Just <laughs> well-received. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's, like, our second home, honestly. We play there, and it's like we're playing in front of a hometown crowd. They'll pack yeah. whatever place we play, and they, like, they're just cheering the entire time. It's it's It feels like you're playing at a much larger concert than you are. But it's just the fifty people that are in attendance are making the noise of
0: two hundred people. You know, hell yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, I I feel like we catch a show out that way. That'd be fun. Yeah, it's a super small town.
1: How far is that from uh, San Diego, drive-wise?
3: Was six hours? Five, six hours? Okay, yeah,
2: six hours. (laughs)
0: That's not
2: bad. I feel like, um, uh. San Diego probably has, I don't know, like the shows, if you were to take a show in San Diego versus a show in like Los Angeles or or in uh, Arizona, San Diego's like really tame. I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but it like, is. yeah, Definitely. like the, um, people have more energy in, in Los Angeles and everywhere else. But um, San it, Diego
1: people kind of just go to the show and just enjoy the music. They don't really get into like the crowd too
2: much. I've noticed exactly like i don't know what it is about us we're just so low-key yeah
1: it's two chairs all the beer and all the weed
2: yeah it is. <laughs> i mean you never really hear about crazy crazy shit happening in san diego it's always some big city like really really big city
1: right exactly yeah no it's like because brick by brick's probably like one of the biggest metal venues in town and there's almost never like if there is a pen it's like five dudes and yeah they yeah. everyone else is just like smiling at them and watching them have a good time
2: yeah you know i, I last year i also saw uh, rob zombie and he he admitted to the crowd he's like you know what they told me when we were booking this tour they're like oh don't play san diego they just don't have it anymore everyone <laughs> was telling them that and he he told that to the crowd and everyone's like
3: Boo. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was funny but
2: it just goes it it, conf- it confirms what i'm talking about like like it's know. a known thing yeah yeah for sure just saying yeah but i mean I, I love san diego i do too yeah i yeah, love a city in america because it's low-key i
1: think that's why i like it yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's like definitely like one of the reasons i like living here compared to like i something everyone here is just super chill mm-hmm, exactly
0: yeah, you said that before. You're like you, you like uh, you like living there. It's not as stressful.
1: Definitely, it's like everyone's like a little more laid back, a little bit easier going, less hustle bustle. Um, uh, it's starting to change though, even since I moved here, because all the LA people are moving down. Yeah, yeah. Um, weather's there. good. Yeah, weather's good and it's cheaper. <laughs> yeah,
3: slightly. It's hard <laughs> to believe that San was cheaper than something, but yeah. <laughs> and,
1: uh, although I think you can find cheaper in LA. Just Probably don't want to.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Brendan, any others? Uh,
0: I was going to ask who did the artwork for Human Smasher. It was an artist, a Russian artist named Stray
3: Child. All right. Yeah. And
2: who found him?
3: It was yeah. by my love. I'm sorry. It was a. Um, our record label at the time Darren Jin the guy who ran the label was looking for art as well as you know we were and he found that and said like I want this to be your album cover and it wasn't even really a like it wasn't even our say it was kind of just like this is the album art and I was like well
0: <laughs> okay I guess, I guess so yeah.
2: <laughs> I've had people tell me though that that's like their favorite favorite album cover the <laughs> colors yeah I'm sorry
0: oh no no it's i was gonna say the colors like are all like it's just that it's it's weird it's awesome <laughs> it's yeah yeah it's it's different for sure coming out of it is like face or i don't know like, what is going on there it's <laughs> awesome
2: <laughs> my favorite album cover is um amygdala Heck yeah. Mm. yeah amygdala's album cover that
3: has a funny that story is really badass too
2: yeah, we're... So, Tim, do you want to tell the story?
3: Yeah, so we were at Notfest, and uh, I'm laying in the grass, and I look up, and this guy's walking on stilts, and so I snap a picture of him, and I look at it on my phone. I'm like, that's our next album cover, and so, uh, <laughs> so I just edited the photo a bunch and kind of made it look distorted, and what we wound up doing is we found this artist on Instagram, and basically just told her, hey, can you repaint this picture? And she did, and it, and it became that orange and black album cover that you see. But it was just yeah. a picture of a guy on stilts. <laughs> That's awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. that. And we decided, um, I think it's because, uh, yeah, what happened was this a good homie of mine from work, um, he was in graphic design and we had him working on our whole CD booklet and everything. And he was gonna put the the logo on on the cover with the title and everything but um yeah he he took his life in 2019 oh, I'm sorry. Uh, and so yeah it was really sad and um you know we we're like what do we do now like we got to find someone good enough to to finish this for us and luckily he, he was friends with tony cole so tony cole put the rest of the the booklet together but we we purposely left that album cover blank to kind of like represent that, like unfinished work from, from our friend Marty. That's awesome. Yeah. So that's why that album cover doesn't have our, our logo on it or the title.
1: That makes sense now. I mean, it, it kind of looks good as it is anyway. Like I like it like that. Yeah. Mm. That's what people are telling me too. Yeah. So obviously your, your daughter needs you. Uh, so we'll wrap it up quickly, but I have uh, one more question for you and it is going to be an ambush one. Yeah. Um, if you were stand stranded on a desert island with a solar powered discman and three CDs,
2: what would they be?
3: You want to go first, Josh, or you want me to go first? You know what? I'll go
2: first. Um, okay, so number one, I'm bringing along System of a Down, self titled. Nice. Two, did I? am a big new metal guy. Uh, two is Corn's Issues. Nice, that's my favorite Corn album. Yeah, that's that's her best one. Um, three. I don't know, dude. You know what album I like a lot? It it took a while to grow on me. Is, uh, Tools Lateralis. Okay. Mm. Yeah. When I, I first got that album when I was 12 years old. And um, I remember like the first year. Because, you know, back when you were a kid. Especially when the time we lived in. I, I didn't have money to buy albums. So I bought this because it looked cool. Mm -hmm. and I didn't like it at first but you know I just listened to it because I didn't have anything else to listen to and that album just grew on me and that became like a really meaningful album to me
3: it's good awesome no what about you Tim no so I would go number one would be Boingo Alive just because the album itself is amazing all the tracks on it are absolute bangers but also the premise behind the album makes it so cool in that they didn't record a live album they didn't do it in front of fans, they went on a soundstage and mic'd all their instruments and then just played their hearts out for like an hour and a half. And and what you get is Boingo Alive, you get that album. And it's just such raw energy. Like, you hear all the songs you love from that band, but just played with so much more energy than they recorded on the album. Interesting. Yeah, I would go with that. I would go with Joy Division, uh, Unknown Pleasures, and... I think I might also go with the System of a Down self-titled album. That album is like perfect from beginning to end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it yeah. was so wild
2: when it came out.
3: Yeah, I can't think of a like a metal album that I like more than that album. Yeah,
2: I, I,
1: yeah, it took me a minute to get into that one because I started listening to him with Toxicity, which is so much more focused. And, yeah. uh the first one's like so chaotic. Um, yeah. they were the band that got me into metal, by the way. System of a Down, um, awesome. Back when awesome. I was like. 13 um, yeah, and uh yeah i got started with toxicity and then went back to that album. i was like this is too crazy i actually put it away on the shelf like you like you said the like your tool one it, it was a grower um yeah, yeah. and yeah because that was a good point you raised like back in the day you gave albums more than one chance because you spent money on it you know what i mean so like i feel like people don't have albums growing them as much nowadays because a lot of people just move on to the next thing if they don't immediately like streaming what they hear.
2: yeah you know it sucks so bad too and you know you didn't have like well I didn't have the internet till I was like 15 years old so I was able to like check stuff out do research before buying an album I just bought an album because that the cover was cool yeah I definitely did that a lot back in the day as well <laughs> go to yeah. the and just pick up an album that looked sick a lot of misses but I'd listen to it anyway <laughs> <laughs> i'd of my I, favorite I, bands that way I do
1: that now buying vinyl sometimes because i go like the diggers the diggers den area where it's like one to five bucks for like a a vinyl i was like man this looks sick i've never heard this band but i'll take a chance and like with that like vinyl stuff a lot of the time if it looks decent it probably is
2: (laughs) i agree it's just cool to have a vinyl you know some random thing exactly especially with those like old school 70s psych and like psychedelic and frog rock bands there's a good chance
1: it'll be decent yeah but um well, let you guys go because we kept you for a while. So just last question is for anyone who wants to follow you and listen to your music, where are the best places to do that?
3: You can do that on Bandcamp, on Spotify, on YouTube. But uh, if you just go to paroxysmalbutchering.bandcamp.com or just even our link tree, if you want to look up our, our link tree, it's just, you know, link tree slash paroxysmalbutchering or paroxysmalbutchering slash link tree. Um, it has all of our links there and you will also find links i'm just gonna plug this real quick to my books that i wrote uh you can find those as well on those links i did not
1: know that you wrote books
3: oh yes i i've i've published two books and i'm uh, in the middle of writing my third
1: i think you might have I, mentioned that when we talked the other day about very briefly but that's awesome like uh, what, what are they
3: about they are short stories. They are centered around just uh, dark humor. They center around uh, homelessness and drug abuse and just all the ugliness of, uh, of society and the, and the things that, that basically people get brought to when they have nothing left.
1: Okay, interesting. Yeah.
3: And what are they called? It is called The Eastern Outskirts. And the first book is just called The Eastern Outskirts. And the second book is titled The Eastern Outskirts Nonstop Turbo Noir.
1: I mean, I was just gonna ask, are they like physically published, is it digital? Or
3: yeah, you can get them either for your Kindle, or you can just buy copies of them. Uh, they're on they're for sale on Amazon. No shit, awesome! That's great.
1: You should definitely check that out. Well, yeah, so thank I'll... you. Oh, sorry. I'll, Go uh, ahead, John. Sorry,
2: I just want to plug in some stuff of mine real quick. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, re- I've uh, been working on a couple projects, um, keeping eye and an ear out for the brass cats they're a ska band from, from Escondido. And I just recorded their, their latest EP. That'll be out very soon. Right now I'm working up with a band called Desiccation. Um, their full length album will be out very soon as well. And next in line, I have Cephalachipsy. I'm recording Cephalachipsy's next, next album.
0: Oh yeah. Right. That's awesome. Yeah.
2: That's definitely good. Yep. That's all I got.
1: <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much to both of you for coming on the show and, uh, so we also tried to sidetrack talking about San Diego's problems, but uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's great having you on, and uh, we'll definitely get you guys on again, maybe like sometime after the uh, the next album comes out, or before the the fifth one.
2: Sounds good, awesome. Thank,
1: thank you, thank you much. so
3: much for having us on. Anytime. Yeah.
1: Have a good night, guys. I, you too. Thanks. Thank you. And for anyone listening at home, thank you so much for tuning in, and uh, stay tuned next week for another guest.